With all due respect to the MLB playoffs, the drama is really starting to build in the NFL as Week 6 will be a pivotal moment for many teams. Will the Eagles or Panthers use Thursday's spotlight to cement themselves as contenders? Will the Packers or Vikings assert themselves as the team to beat in the NFC North? Can Derek Carr return and stop the Raiders' suddenly free-falling season? We'll let you know and tell you how your fantasy teams will fare right now. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's your week six preview. Donald here with Scott and Tom. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, we are into the sixth week of the NFL season. We've got... uh, Another great week of games lining up. Uh, I was looking at the schedule when we were going over our uh, our show prep. It's going to be a really interesting week uh, for a lot of different reasons. So how do we want to start? Um, I don't know, but I'm interested to see well, how the teams come out of the bye. <laughs> a little small talk. I, uh, That's how we're going to start. Yeah. I haven't really, uh, you know, I haven't really thought about that much like previously in fantasy years but this year i'm like really interested to see especially for daily fantasy how certain players come out of their bye week and and what adjustments were made in offenses and stuff like that and i think some of like my pump picks and analysis for those games especially are going to be based off of that i have been thinking about that a lot i'm really hoping that the seahawks can kind of come out of this bye. they need a buy right now it's like right. seemingly at the best time for them and then i was also thinking about and it's pretty unique to this year though how like how bad the Dolphins are struggling and how they won't have one. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was thinking about that too. Like they got to endure it yeah. for that long. It's so like they snowball have a, they so have a coaching easily. change. Like right now, like you see yeah. um, the offensive coordinator change with the Bengals when they had a long a stretch to prepare. Right. right. So this coach gets fired or resigns or whatever. Either one would have been the removed. <laughs> Yeah. He was on his way out. <laughs> <laughs> he was flying a little too close to the sun. Yes, definitely. Down there in Miami. Towing he got his nose in the wrong yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he couldn't keep his nose clean down there. And, you know, they have to just on the fly get someone new, figure things out, Yeah. you know, make practice meaningful. And all those things are just probably not going to happen. And it right all there. started with Tannehill tearing his ACL. Like this Dolphins season has just taken every possible turn you can take at this point yeah um to mention what we were going off of atlanta denver new orleans washington coming off of a bye this week we've got buffalo cincinnati dallas and seattle on their buys this week uh so you know what we switched up our order on our show prep sheet so let's do it let's go with our plum picks uh to start this week i can feel it down in my plums and we'll start with quarterback. So, Scotty, who is your plum pick quarterback for this week? My plum pick quarterback this week is Derek Carr. Um, I'm baking in that I believe he will be coming back from injury this week. I think that uh, pretty much what everything I've heard, and especially Coach Del Rio was even saying himself, that he fully expects Carr back this week. And, you know, I've looked at his numbers. He averages about 275 and two touchdowns against the Chargers over his career. And, you know, those are when the Raiders were, you know, not so good when they, when they were really good, too. Um, I just think that Oakland really needs this win. And when you get a guy back like Derek Carr, who's your highest paid player and is your your culture rock, I think that he kind of feels it too. That's why he was really trying to push himself back last week. They held him out, but now he comes back this week with what I think will be a little bit of urgency. And I think that he's just going to really, really step up and play well. 
I like it. Tom, how about you? For me, it's Carson Wentz. Um, he's been great right now. He's seemingly he's my league MVP right now. He's seemingly a QB one yep. from here on out. Um, but I've mentioned it before with guys like Marquise Goodwin. I was trying to get into some FanDuel lineups and all that. Versus the Carolina Panthers, you can beat them deep. I think Ted Ginn showed it when he played them. Right. There's a lot of guys who've who've had success versus them. Who've had success versus them going deep this year and last year and. I think that that bodes well for Carson Wentz because he's throwing deep more than anyone in the NFL right now. Yeah, the league average is three point something times per game, and he's up in the fives. So he is going deep. Nelson Aguilar seems to be the favorite yeah. target in maybe a FanDuel or DraftKings. He can be that cheap flex or Love that cheap him. wide receiver option this week. And I think that even regardless of that hitting or not, you're going to get a nice floor out of Carson Wentz. He's had three weeks with over 300 passing yards yeah. so far this year. Yeah. So what more can you ask for when more often than not, he's breaking that benchmark? Right. So, and, go ahead, Scott. so the biggest you know, uh, deterrent against Carolina and, and trying to start a quarterback against them is their front seven gets a ton of pressure and they're able to get a lot of pressure with their front four. But, but the Eagles offensive know. line is is one of the best offensive lines in the league. And, you know, what we were ranting and raving about last exactly. episode with Carson Wentz's pocket presence, his ability to peel out and step up in the pocket, move around. I don't think it's going to be as big of a concern. So I agree with you, Tom. I think Carson Wentz, you can fire him up. No problem this week. And the other important thing was when Wentz struggled last year, it was when their tackle Lane Johnson was serving his suspension. He's built, played every game so far this year and Wentz has been looking like I said like the MVP of the league so and I that deep ball stat that you were talking about Tom there's not going to be a regression like this is what the Eagles want to do with Wentz they see that he's an accurate deep ball thrower so who did they go out and get they went out and got Alshon Jeffrey a big guy who can win a ton of 50-50 balls they got Torrey Smith who can be a burner and you know he had one against the Cardinals last week so you know this is not a flash in the pan. Like This is officially who Carson Wentz is going to be as an NFL quarterback, and it looks like the Eagles have figured it out, and they're ready to ride it. My, my plum pick quarterback is Kirk Cousins, and it's sort of a reminder, don't forget about Kirk. He had a very unfortunately timed bye week for our perception of him because we have such a small sample size, but the last two games that Washington played, he was rolling, and one of those yep. defenses included the Kansas City Chiefs. So yes. he's not making that many mistakes, and he gets the 49ers, which is a fantasy dreamland of a defense to play against. So I'm all in on on Kirk Cousins this week. Rob Kelly is probably not going to play. They're going to lean more on that pass game to move the chains. I think Kirk is in for another 300-yard multi-touchdown week. I agree with you. And, um, you know, one of the things that I really like about this plum pick, and I almost took it for myself, but Don let off the uh, plum pick picking um, this week. So uh, he gets first choice, and I'm fine with that. There's plenty more out there. But I was first to the plum patch. Yes. <laughs> the reason uh, why I really like Kirk this week is because it's a pseudo tryout for the 49ers <laughs> when he comes back and possibly signs a monster contract with awesome. them next year. So I think with an extra week to prepare, Kirk's going to be like, Ooh, I gotta, I gotta go for like four hundred and three, so I can get paid. Baby. I can just see him and Shanahan like that. <laughs> doing that thing, like in in the SpongeBob episode where SpongeBob has to go work at the Chum Bucket, and like him and Mr. Krabs miss each other. I can see that being Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan this week. Sure, let's I move to running backs. Think before I remember that. <laughs> 
Let's move to running back. Scott, you've got a guy who we actually shut down a couple of weeks ago as your plum pick running back. Yeah, and it's Mike Gillisley. Um, a lot of people probably wouldn't think that this is the right time for Mike Gillisley, but the Jets have actually been run on a lot better than they've been thrown on this year. And with the lingering kind of injury to Brady, I think that they're they're going to lean a little heavier on that run game this week. And, you know, I've watched a lot of Jets-Pats games, and they never go the way that you think they are. You know, Brady's never in the shotgun, like, spread out, firing it around. Like, it, it normally doesn't go that way. So I really just believe that this is a week where Mike Gillisley gets up to near that 20-touch mark again, and he finds the end zone. I like it. I'm Tom? buying it big time with the, with the Brady injury. I think that's a great point. Obviously, you've got to upgrade Mike Gillisley to some degree because yeah. of that. So I think that's that's money in the bank. For me, I'm loving a little bit on uh, McKinnon this week. Mm, what a game he had Monday night. Uh, what a game he had Monday night. It was awesome to see that, you know, the way that this the game went, and this is why I like it so much, they stopped using Latavius Murray. It didn't make sense to after a while. As they were using McKinnon. You know, yep. the, the carry count was well in favor of um, Latavius Murray going into the second half. And then at the game's end, McKinnon had usurped him in rushing attempts, which is yep. notable. He had catches. He had over. He had about 150 all-purpose yards and a touchdown, which is what more can you want? And the matchup is right versus the Green Bay Packers. You know they can get involved in these shootouts, these divisional games, just like you're talking about. It doesn't yep. always go the way you think. Case Keenum's been playing well. If Stephon Diggs can get out there and they can spread the ball around him, Thielen, what have you, open up some lanes for McKinnon. I think McKinnon is primed to possibly become an every week starter, and I think he gets off on the right foot already and gets another matchup that you know he's going to carry his confidence throughout the rest of the way. We've already seen the Vikings offense produce an every week RB1, RB2 type in Dalvin Cook. So if Jarek McKinnon can keep this up and if Latavius Murray just doesn't get it going, they're going to ride him and I think that's what we saw in that second half. So I think it's a really good week for McKinnon especially if the Packers get up big early and then they got to tr- and then they got to pass cuz they really don't want to get Murray, Latavius Murray involved in the pass game. I really do like that point Don, because you know, that's what they were headed toward. You know, they had Latavius Murray. Right. They already had him. I yeah. know he wasn't perfectly healthy, and he was getting a couple carries here and, and there. But he still it, looked a little dinged up the other night. Exactly. And he and I'm sure that's not helping his case. He didn't go out there and show out. And what they were trying to do this season was, it seemed like, bell cow Dalvin Cook. So if they can go, you know, Dalvin Cook light, maybe. Right. You know, if I, if it's, I'm comfortable to call him that, at yeah. least for yeah. this week. So... If you had Dalvin Cook, you're starting him. So start Dalvin Cook light this week. It Especially just, in, P- in PPR, half PPR. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think and, that um, the uh, Vikings actually got... Jarek McKinnon got a little lucky on his touchdown because if you were watching the game, the Vikings clearly quick-snapped them. And the Bears oh, yeah. are like not an inept team. <laughs> or, you know, they're, they are an inept team. So they're incapable of handling such a play of, of that magnitude. So I think that, you know, if you're looking for those big, long runs from Jarek McKinnon, you might want to temper your expectations just because the Vikings really, even with Dalvin Cook, he wasn't breaking off huge runs like that. Right. 
My plum pick is Amir Abdullah. The situations and the dominoes are kind of all lined up for him this week. The Lions are coming off a loss where they got away from him in the run game in that Carolina game. They have a banged up quarterback whose legs aren't going to be able to save him in the pocket right now. They've, they're playing against an offense that's very vaunted and they're going to have to keep their defense rested up because their defense got torched last week. And it all just kind of seems like we got to get Amir Abdullah as many carries as he can handle. And the Saints are giving up, as of right now, the seventh most fantasy points to running backs in half PPR leagues. I think this is a big week for Amir Abdullah. Those of you who maybe fearlessly started him against Carolina last week are going to be rewarded if you start him again this week. I think that he's he's probably on pace for, for another big week as well. Um, you know, the Saints defense going into the bye actually did have two good weeks in a row. And now they're coming off a bye. So, you know, it's possible that they're maybe a little more prepared for the Lions. But I agree with you. You know, they, they haven't really done a great job of stopping running backs this year. And I think Abdullah, you know, included with his pass catching ability, the fact that he's probably going to see close to 20 carries because of the damage that happened to Stafford. I agree with you, Don. All right. I was just going to say, if you didn't say that, it was a lot like yours because the quarterback is a little bit yep. banged up, but he's still going to play. Yep. So who do you give it to but the guy right next to you? Absolutely. No Tom, let's move to receivers now. You've got a Falcon, but it's not the Falcon that people would expect. Yeah, it's uh, Taylor Gabriel. He had five targets once uh, You know, Jones and Sanu left the game. Right. He didn't haul any of them in, so he probably didn't get picked up in your league. Let that DFS value be, drop, baby. Exactly. It'll probably <laughs> be a little cheaper there in DFS. The thing is, that doesn't concern me at all. He needs one good play, and or just one play. It doesn't even have to be good. It's usually great right. when it goes his way. Um, he's a touchdown machine. He's a fire uh, cracker, fire rocket, whatever you want to call that mm-hmm. kind of player, spark plug kind of teammate. And Sanu has still not even practiced. Didn't yeah, he, practice today. He ain't gonna play. So I don't expect Mohamed Sanu to be out there, and I expect that to give more targets to Taylor Gabriel. So if you you know extrapolate his five targets over pretty much half a game, if you give this guy ten targets, you know he's he's going to put in a normal wide receiver game for you with the if, chance of one explosion exactly. play. If not, go. Buck wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, especially in DFS where you're going to get that PPR. So if he's actually going to turn in those ten targets, you know, at the worst case, he's going to get you five catches probably out of those ten. And you know, with five catches with him, it could be two hundred yards. And let's not forget, they're coming off the bye. These guys have been hurt through the bye. He's getting those reps. And who are they playing? Miami Dolphins. Right. Who have not looked great. They um, have not. Scott, let's move on to you. Tom was talking about a firecracker. You had a guy who looked kind of like a dud missile, but he blew up on Monday night before the bye week. Yeah, Pryor caught one nice deep ball, and I think that it, you know, my my pick for him as a plum pick, it, it's what I've been justifying everyone who's talked to me about Pryor because obviously anyone who listens to this knows I was huge on him when the season started. And all I've been saying is their bye week is week five. Give them a chance to go back in, reassess, figure out what is going wrong. Because, listen, Jamison Crowder hasn't been that effective and neither has prior. So I think it's a full receivers, you know, get right week this week for the 49ers or against the 49ers. And I think that, you know, prior is really going to have a huge week. And also, I think that um, a situation like what he handled in Kansas City where, um, he was flipping off the fan because he used profanity toward him. I'm not going to dignify yeah. it with the word that was said, but it, you know, it was horrific. 
Um, I think that that typically leads to a guy using football to kind of harness his focus and energy and have a better week. And I expect that for Pryor. All right. I like it too. And I don't mean to go back to something I said all the same, but you know, Kirk Cousins just had his coming out party. Remember right. when yes. that happened? And I was like, well, you know, Terrell Pryor shouldn't be too far behind. Then he goes out and gets a touchdown. Right. So like if the Kirk Cousins thing lines up, if the Terrell Pryor thing lines up, it's going to be a thing of beauty. Yeah, I think and, so too. and Washington now has ground to make up against Philly, so they are really going to have to go pedal to the metal coming out of their bye week. I'm going with T.Y. Hilton, and I made this pick before it was announced that Luck probably wouldn't play this week. I was going to start him anyway, even mm-hmm. if he didn't, and now that he's not, I'm still going with him. The Titans are very bad. At covering passes. I mean, Devontae Parker left the game. He was in for a huge day. Instead, the huge day went to Jarvis Landry for Miami. So, you know, it's it's coming for T.Y. Hilton. You just have to have the smarts and the wherewithal to start him, even though he'll be going without luck for another week. So Hilton is, like, so crazy because this year, I feel like he's been, shut it down, plumpick, shut it down, plumpick, <laughs> shut it down, plumpick. And when you look at him, like, if you look at his stats, he's actually third in the NFL in receiving yards right now, which I don't think a lot of people thought. You know, he's still turning in big games and putting up huge numbers. This is another peak week you know like when luck comes back i think he'll start to plateau at a, at a level that's probably a wr1 but for now you're peak and valley between wr3 wr1 we're up wr1 this week couldn't agree more don yeah i think it's time to start him again um i'm happy to have him in the where i have him yeah and like i said the other week i was trying to trade for him but it's not happening so once again he goes out there and makes it impossible for me to go get him somewhere yeah. else which stinks um are we moving on? Then? Yeah, let's go on. I, I was just about to say my plum pick at wide receiver, but I already did. Yeah. So my plum pick at tight end is AJ Derby. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you're you're familiar, right? Yeah. He made a great one-handed catch yeah, yeah. Uh, for Denver before. Only catch he's ever made. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no? He had four that game. Oh, nice. He had four catches that game, one week, one the week prior, zero the week before that, and three before that. But I'm so confident now. <laughs> the reason that you should be confident is that he's, this is like the bye week theme episode. He's coming off the bye, and he gets to play the New York Giants, who have once oh, again yeah. given it up. given it up to the tight end. They've got the streak going. It's not as uh, detrimental as the Browns, as I yeah. as I do believe, because theirs extends a little bit further back. But for the 2017 campaign, the Giants are actually worse yeah. than the Browns. The worst. So this is the guy to start. Um, he'll be extremely cheap in yeah. daily, whatever. And we've got other good options for you at tight end. I think there's a, you know, a bevy of them right now. But as the resident trash Dump, dumpster diver, you're, tight end guy. You're digging even this is, deeper. This is the guy. <laughs> I the love trash. I, I, you know, I come out with a new one every week. And right. I, you know, they've been doing me right. So, Derby, it's on you. The trash man comes Thursdays on Run Up the Score. <laughs> I'm using the same tight I'm using uh, a tight end on the other team in that game for my plum pick. It's Evan Engram. Strictly because of volume, and you're going to see why I said strictly because of volume uh, a little bit later on in the show. But... Who's left? Roger Lewis and Travis Rudolph. At least, you know, at least Ingram's been there. Denver actually does give it up to tight ends. Travis Kelsey's best game of the year, best games of the year last year both came against the against the Broncos. So, you know, this is not something foreign if he plays really well against the Broncos, and I think that he's going to. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a good game either. I, I mean. 
for me, I wouldn't be touching anyone in the Giants offense, period. But if there's one guy to give a shot to, I would say it's Ingram. He, you're, I agree with you. They're probably going to be getting spanked. So he'll get maybe double-digit targets, maybe, you know, even... You know, it could. Be, who knows how many targets he maybe can get? Maybe even triple digits. Because targets. what do they lose? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he cracks a hundred. No, but um, he's gonna definitely get fed. And like you said, that position has actually fared well against Denver's defense. So why not? Speaking of positions that have fared well against the defense, Scott, who's playing the Browns this week? Ryan Griffin is playing <laughs> the Browns, and he is my plum pick strictly because he has two hands, a pulse. Check. And he plays the Browns. Check. So and his quarterback is very and his quarterback hot right now, doing okay right now. So I think that if he runs enough routes and keeps his eyes open, sooner or later he's going to end up in the end zone with the ball. Best abilities, availability, and I think uh, Ryan Griffin is perfectly healthy this week. I mean, what's not to love? He plays the Browns. Yeah, and we won't give you the Browns and the Giants every week. The the Titans uh, are playing against them. I don't know, but we'll probably give you one of them. I mean, because right. that's. And it's not to say that it's not um, it's not unique or it's not clever. It is, and this is kind of brings me back to how I don't value the tight end position in draft day, come right. draft season, because look how successful it has been. You know, we have two teams to target. Both of the guys are available. Yeah, the majority of the week we're bringing one up, and the majority of the time it's a raving success. Yeah, so. I don't see Jack Doyle. What well, Jack Doyle was? <laughs> Jerk. It was almost too perfect. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't understand. Yeah. I never will. I never will. The one that got away. All right. So now we're going to the guys who are getting away from like being good, specifically for this week. Shut it down. It's time for John Taffer. Shut it down. Let's start with quarterbacks, and this is why I said. It was strictly based on volume for Evan Engram. My shut it down quarterback is Eli Manning. Um, <laughs> he has old, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he lost everyone. He is erratic. He is turnover prone, and he faces a defense with playmakers all over the field. If he's not targeting Evan Engram, it's like. 50-50 that that passes a turnover this week. You weren't starting him in this matchup even if he had Odell and Brandon Marshall <laughs> and Sterling Shepard. So without his three best receivers, please, like if you're starting it's him, over. Then, then you must be the biggest Giants fan or you must be Archie Manning. But don't start him, Archie Manning. This is a, a prime example of the Broncos' defense being, you know, it's a it's a high end defense. You know, you probably don't have them in every league, it, and if you do, you probably have some crappy teams. Right. But this is one of those weeks where this is actually worth it in daily fantasy to uh, pay up and just get that stellar defense because they're not returning you under ten points this week. It's gonna yeah. be the offensive lines looked bad. Eli throws picks and fumbles. I mean, it's gonna be brutal this week. Uh, Scott, let's go to your shut it down. I am shutting down a guy that I've actually really been a huge advocate of this year. Um, it's Alex Smith. And, you know, you can tell in my voice that I'm not really excited to shut him down because no. I really I just like watching him. I don't know why. I, We're I talking love, about MVP I've candidates. always loved rooting for him, but I think he just has a tough matchup. And Kansas City is not the type of team that is going to be like, yeah, but we've been throwing so well, we're just going to throw on the team that has been covering the pass well. You know, they don't do those types of things. Um, 
Pittsburgh has had the ball run down their throat a lot this year. Ask Leonard Fournette. I kind of expect it to revert back to the earlier portion of the year where Kareem Hunt was leading the charge as opposed to Alex Smith. Alex Smith takes a back seat this week. Doesn't, you know, he's not going to go nuclear on you because it's impossible for him to because he's such a good game manager and has so many good options, but it's just not the week to play him. Perfect. Tom? I won't argue, yeah. Uh, I'm going to shut down Jared Goff. I know you were avoiding starting him last week versus the Seattle Seahawks, but before that, you know, he turned in a 23.6 point performance and an 18.1 point performance. So you may have picked him up and you may have been like, all right, once I get past the Seahawks, you know, I'll load uh, Jared Goff back out there. I don't think so. Not at home versus Jacksonville, who's been playing so well. You saw what they did to Ben Roethlisberger, and that's pretty much reason enough. They can be run on, so their only hope is really those uh, those Todd Gurley receptions. Yeah. But even though he is a, a a very good receiving running back, an underrated one at that, it's not that that's their go-to. So right. I, you can't rely on that to bail you out in this kind of situation. He's not that kind of running back. And I just don't see how you could get behind starting him this week. So I no don't doubt. think you should drop him or anything. You know, he's Just got let a him chill on the bench this week. Coming up, yeah, and then the bye. But after the bye, I do like him, and I did want to bring that up because you've got the New York Giants, you've got Houston, who has you know suffered some damage yep. here on defense, no doubt. And then you've got Minnesota, which is tough, but then New Orleans, and then you're into the playoffs. So you know, Jared Goff is a filler guy, yeah. And this is not that week to be filling in with Jared. Right, he he's got to stand your bench this week. Number one and two in the league with completion percentage against them. Lowest completion percentage against them as corners in the NFL. Number one, A.J. Boye. Number two, Jalen Ramsey. Wow. Hashtag stats. Yeah, they're killing it. We're moving on to running backs now. Tom, we'll start with you. All right. So the running back that I'm not so behind today, and you know we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, it's Wayne Gallman. The only reason I'm even bringing it up is because you know, the Bron- the Broncos' story was that you used to be able to run on them last year. There was a lot of success Not being anymore. able to run on them. We've said it here. Um, we definitely don't believe that, especially coming off a bye. This is the bye week episode. Yeah. <laughs> especially coming off a bye. And you may be thinking with your shiny new waiver wire guy, Wayne Gallman, who had, you know, a pretty good performance. And then Orleans Darkwa gets hurt. So you're thinking, okay, I've got the, the running back from the Giants. He's the only one. It's not really the case. Right. I bet you're going to see a lot of Shane Vereen because you're going to be down a lot. Agreed. I think this is a better Shane Vereen week than I think it's a Goldman week. And uh, I'm sorry if you spent a lot of fab money on him or a high waiver claim, but this not is this not week. The week. Yeah, it's not this week. I agree with you there. They're just going to be begging Eli to test to keep to leave and, and Chris Harris on, on with those receivers, I think. So, Scott, we'll move to you then. I am uh, shutting down... One of my boys, actually, Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Um, I think he's looked great, let me say, this year. And uh, I think that the fact that he's already in a hot hand approach, which Kyle Shanahan, like, really? A hot hand approach when this guy was, like, leading the league in yards per carry two weeks ago? And anyway, um, he's in a hot hand approach. And he's already nursing that hip injury that, obviously, we've seen can flare up at any time. He's already missed time in the two games that um, he's tried to play through that. He's already missed multiple series because of it. And then you you couple that with 
Washington's defense has actually been really good against the run. They're only allowing 88 rushing yards per game, and they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns this season. Makes me think that Hyde, you know, he's not even going to get that volume work that you're banking on, and he's probably not going to get that touchdown. Also, Josh Norman is hurt. So San Francisco, who just threw for 350 yards last week, is possibly thinking the best way to attack the Redskins may be through the air. All right. You're I'm right. going with Adrian Peterson, and I know that that's not, you know, it. just a reminder, like just because Adrian Peterson is now on the Cardinals doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to score a ton of points this week. It's going to take him a little bit to get used to the team, get used to the playbook. Um, a really interesting move for the Cardinals. I think it raised more questions than it answered for them. A lot of people now wondering, did the AP trade signal that they're planning on keeping David Johnson out for the rest of the year? I don't think so yet. You I hope. think it had more something to do with Chris Johnson's ineffectiveness than it did David Johnson's availability. And their However, faith in Alvin Kamara. Right, and the Saints' faith in Alvin Kamara for sure. But it's starting to get a little rocky with that AP news. I mean, I had always just assumed that he'd be back at some point this year. With the AP trade, if he gets rolling, and if the Cardinals still aren't really making any noise... Now we're on some thin ice. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I'm with still you. shutting Peterson. Down, I would. So. I agree with you. I like. I don't even think that the Peterson signing is really all that significant, unless he, you know, comes out of nowhere and starts running like he did in the past. It's going to be really hard for him to do that with the um, Cardinals' offensive line. You know, it's just yeah. their offensive line has been terrible. They haven't been able to run with anybody. So, inso- inserting AP into that, I don't think is really going to do much either. Shut him down. Right. I think he's going to run into the same problem almost, and it's, I feel bad for it him. It is. It's the same it's Too many guys. It's the same problem. I mean, they released Chris Johnson, but they're still not just going to give him every single carry. And they're going to be losing. And you can't give him every single carry with his injury history right. and his age. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard people arguing that he just needs that, like, uh, he needs to be fed. He needs to be fed because he's one of those guys, you know, that wears down a defense. But... I, no, I the see, defense wears the, him down exactly. at this point. I see him getting worn down before the defense yeah. at this point. Sadly, I mean, he's great. Hall of Fame, no doubter. But yeah, no question. Not in your fantasy lineups this week. No. I All agree. right. With that, let's move on to the slate once again. Oh, Buffalo. Oh, sorry. Shutting down the tight ends. And receivers. Oh, yeah, duh. And receivers. Whoops. You don't have to. Or now we do. All righty. Let's move on to wide receivers now. We're sticking with. The Broncos-Giants game. We're basically going to cover this entire game before uh, we get to the slate. Scott, why don't you go ahead with your shutdown receiver? Sure. I'm shutting down uh, DT this week. Um, As you guys know, I mean, I shut down Keaton Allen last week uh, as he faced the Jackrabbit. And, you know, he didn't really have that good of a fate. Um, The real reason why I'm shutting DT down is because I read a quote from Vance Joseph that I would like to share with you guys if you wouldn't mind. Go for it. We don't want to force the force feed those guys the ball, Joseph told reporters in regards to Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, going into our prep and our game plan week, the pass game goes through Thomas and Sanders. That's not a secret at all. But it depends on how defenses play us. Whatever they give us from a defensive perspective, we're going to take advantage of. If they give us shell coverage, taking those two guys away, we're going to pound the football. Hopefully, we'll force those guys to close the middle and play more cover three and cover one. So... We can get a fair matchup outside, but if they play shell, we're going to run the football. That's our formula to score points right now. So basically what he's telling you is 
they're not going to force feed the ball to Demarius Thomas, whether you think he's an absolute stud or not. And I do think he's an absolute stud, but the Giants have been beat on the ground and with tight ends. They have not been beat by wide receivers this year. I don't really see that changing just because I think CJ Anderson is going to rumble and it's never going to really be in doubt for Denver. Interesting move by Vance Joseph to basically just mail his game plan (laughs) to every team in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, if they got the talent, then go for it. I do agree with the Demarius Thomas call, Scott. It's an Emmanuel Sanders week, especially if the Jackrabbit Janoris Jenkins is going to stay on Demarius Thomas all game, which it seems like he will. And especially with the – I mean, we can cover the rest of the Giants game here. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw, but Dominique Rogers cromartie walked out of practice today after having an altercation with the coaching staff that stemmed from an issue of him getting benched on Sunday – also, Eli Apple had his own separate complaint saying that he feels as though he's being scapegoated for a lot of the Giants' defensive struggles. Their back, their defensive backfield is in flux, so I agree with you. If there's a guy, it's probably Sanders just because he's not going to be covered by the Jack. Right and now. everything's fine with the Giants right now. <laughs> Everything is totally going as planned. And they also said they're going to um, likely suspend uh DRC. Right. Yeah. They they basically said he's suspended. They just haven't determined how long yet. Yep. All right. Tom, you're shut down wide receiver. Yeah. I'm going to change it here on the fly and I kind of like it. It's a little bit riskier than it's very risky and you can call me a homer for it, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to shut down Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola as those route tree guys. Because the Jets' safeties have actually been really good. Yeah, they have. And I just, I'm not saying shut them, it's one of those ones. I'm not saying shut them down as in like, if you have those guys and you're starting them every week, you know, I'm just saying temper your expectations. Definitely not the matchup that you think when you thought you saw this, when you saw this ahead of time, when you saw week six on the schedule and you saw the Patriots versus the Jets and you thought you could load them all out there, I don't think it's one of those things. I think it's going to be likely one of these guys who has a good game, like Brandon Cooks more than likely or Gronk more than likely, Mm -hmm. something like that. I think these route tree guys are actually going to have a tough time getting by the guys like Jamal Adams who's been playing great. Yeah, he has been let out. Yeah, and I think a lot of people aren't going to give them that sort of respect. So especially in daily fantasy i want to say that you know yeah. what i mean like because if you got them in your lineup and you don't have much better options don't sit them on account of me right but like daily fantasy style stuff these guys they've been heroes in it right and now their price is up but it's actually the wrong time to play them this week right the Gf- the jets defense is as much as people don't want to admit it it's good and it's getting better and better as the season goes on so i agree with you those safeties man they are tough to beat yeah so those guys who are running these outs and then going up and all this stuff, especially with Brady and his condition that he is in this week, like I don't think that the idea is for him to have these long times in the pocket. It's going to be like the quick stuff, quick stuff, quick stuff, yeah. James White, whatever. Right. All right. I'm shutting down Sammy Watkins basically because of what Scott said earlier. Number one corner against the pass, A.J. Boye. Number two corner against the pass, Jalen Ramsey. One of them will be covering Sammy Watkins at pretty much every point during the game this week. So right. how and could you possibly want to start him, especially after you went one target yeah. or four targets in the fourth quarter and then no catches. And the Jags don't, you games. know, they don't need to shadow. So like you can't really game plan Sammy Watkins open if he's going to be facing one of these two studs. Right. 
uh, you know, the whole game. And yeah. he's just going to be locking horns with them. And like like we've kind of been saying, the Rams' pass offense has been indicative of what's the best matchup, yep. not let me get it to this guy. It's a girly week. It's a Tyler Higby week, which we hinted at in the I kind of uh, like cup recap a little episode. Bit this week. I think it's a Moscow Mule week as well. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> Ginger drinks are in for the fall, so I think the mule's got a good shot here. Um, let's move to tight ends. Tom, let's go with your shutdown tight end. I'm going to shut down David and Joku, even though we did get the oh, news man. that Chris Hogan is uh, not Chris Hogan, that uh, Kevin Hogan. Kevin, they Hogan. are brothers. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, they are. I think so. I don't know. All right. Anyway, intern, check that. All right. So I'm going to shut down David and Joku, even though I was saying that I think he experiences a bump when uh, Hogan starts, be yep. it related to right. the other Hogan or not. Um, I just think that this is a bad tight end matchup. And, you know, it's a little bit of a, a show-me kind of atmosphere here, but I still think versus the Houston Texans, who are historically good against the tight end, sure this is not that weak to get him out there. I think Njoku does experience that bump. I still stick right. to that. But this is not the week. But it's just not, you know, it. he gets the targets, but it doesn't yield the results that... He can uh, try to force it in there, but I, what I'm saying is, like, in the show-me kind of thing, and even if he likes him, it's going to be quantity, not quality. Right. He could see, like, a high target share for a tight end, maybe. Yeah. But I don't think it will amount to a successful fantasy day. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you. I, I got to see this Hogan guy, you know, play a little bit more and see... How consistent he'll be before his brother Chris gets signed to pl- to back him up. Doesn't look like they're related. <laughs> <laughs> could still have a brother named. Chris. That's that's pretty. That's pretty like stereotypical. Hulk Hogan is their dad, right? <laughs> it, he must be. Scott, your shutdown tight end. <laughs> my uh, shutdown tight end was my pump pick tight end from a week ago. Uh, who did pay off Zach, by the way Zach Miller yeah in the luckiest fashion maybe of hey, all time we don't ask we don't <laughs> but ask he how. Did. it all um, counts the same that's right uh you know Baltimore was a tight end matchup that we've as a podcast kind of been up and down on because we thought it was a good matchup going into the year then they let up a touchdown to Njoku then Mercedes Lewis takes them to the woodshed after catching a combined one pass in the games, not playing the Ravens this year. So they've been hard to get a gauge on, but over the last two weeks, uh, Jesse James and and Jared Cook. Jared Cook, good job, Don. <laughs> and he fumbled it. Like right. So they You'll combined, know why I know they that combined, in a second. <laughs> they combined for six catches for 49 yards and no touchdowns and a fumble loss. So the position has done absolutely nothing. I think you saw almost nothing from Mitch Trubisky to think that even if Zach Miller gets the seven targets he got last week, that he'll actually turn it into something yeah. productive unless there's some lucky tipped pass. So right. shut him down and, and we'll hope for a better matchup down the road for Zach Miller. Yeah, and I mean, this is going to be interesting because teams don't have film on Trubisky yet. So he might get away with a couple like he did against Minnesota and against even against good defenses. If you don't have film on a guy, you know, there's just only so much preparation you can do. So I'm interested to see how the Ravens handle him this week. But I think you're right. I mean, that Bears offense, they need to find their groove with Trubisky. I'm shutting down Jared Cook this week, which nice. is why I knew that he didn't play well against the Ravens. Right. Um, if Derek Carr comes back, 
I think Cook takes it takes a back seat. He hasn't really played well with Carr. Had the touchdown against Washington, but otherwise is only there's a ceiling to his targets. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Agreed. With Carr in, and we know they want to get Amari Cooper off the Schneid if that's possible at this point before you their hope. bye week. Um, the Schneid. So if Carr comes back, I think it, there's a ceiling to his targets. With San Diego, sorry, Los Angeles covering him, there is a severe ceiling on his production no doubt they held evan ingram catchless after literally the giants receivers fell down like dominoes last week no one has played well against them the chargers are the team that held travis kelsey to one catch for one yard right this is a legitimate shutdown defense against the tight end position and it makes sense because they got two great ones lining up against them in practice every day in hunter henry and antonio gates so I'm shutting down pretty much every tight end that plays the Chargers until further notice, and Jared Cook is the first of that. That's fair. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head. The Chargers have shut down the tight end, so I agree. All right. We can move to the slate now. Eagles-Panthers Thursday night. I really like this matchup. I'm really excited for it. I just hope that we get a little um, payoff on the promise, unlike what we got from the Patriots and Bucks last week. I think this is going to be a really cool offensive game. In the 20s, but I think you're going to get the production you're expecting out of the guys that you're starting in this game. I mean, we finally get to see a game with you know two teams four and one, both on an upward trajectory, both like playing well, moods on high, all that type of stuff going into this matchup. Um, a lot of guys on the Panthers are a little banged up. Um, you know, they're all probably going to play. You know, Kelvin Benjamin. It looks like he's getting stronger as opposed to Funches, who's who's getting a little more dinged up as we go, and Jonathan Stewart, um, which makes me think that it may finally be McCaffrey's week to get that 100 total yards and the touchdown. Um, you know, he was going to be my, my plum pick, but I can't go through the heartache if he fails me, so I, I just leave him to the side, and he's my second plum pick every week. But uh, I do think that he's going to have himself a nice week, and, uh, you know, we, we sung the praises of Carson Wentz, so I think that uh, that reflects how we feel about them. Funches did not practice Wednesday, so he looks like it's it's a steep uphill climb for him to even play. Well, Rivera, this week. Ron Rivera has pretty much been like he's going to play. Oh, like okay. he's he's just sore and banged up, but he's going to play. Which you know you can, you got to take that for what it's worth. Yeah, and you can hope he plays like he played the last two weeks. He's been uh, easily a top ten wide receiver, and he's been fourteenth ranked uh, receiver in standard in PPR right now. Yeah, but over the last two weeks, right? I'm just saying, yeah. even for the season, he's exactly. top fifteen. And um, I think this is definitely an Alshon game. He finally breaks the chains of like these lockdown receivers that he's had all or cornerbacks that he's had all over him throughout this beginning of the schedule. So go out there and start Alshon Jeffrey yeah. as per my wishes this week. <laughs> um, Zach Ertz, obviously, uh, he's stuck every out week right there. Yeah, you got to roll he's him the out. Best tight end in fantasy right now, so you got to keep starting him. Yeah, and like you said, Tom, he might break the chains. We could be in for a landslide of points uh, here with him. Fleetwood Mac? No. Okay. Didn't get it. Moving on. <laughs> Let's move on now. Dolphins, Falcons. I mean, we roll out the Falcons if they play him. If Julio plays, go for it. Sanu's probably not. I think both running backs are fine plays this week Absolutely. for the for the uh for the Falcons. We don't know anything about Devontae Parker right now. He's day to day, hasn't yeah. practiced yet this week. Probably gonna see a lot of Marcus Trufant, even if he does play. Desmond. So Desmond Trufant, I, either way, whatever Trufant it is, he's good, and I don't like the matchup really at all. Um, I think Jarvis will, will have a good game because he'll get that volume, and so will Ajay. So they'll accumulate that that volume in the Dolphins' offense, which makes them startable. But um, that's really it. 
for them, and I love the Falcons' defense. I, I picked them up like two weeks ago in one league. Yeah, the Falcons' defense is a great one this week. I Oracle think, style, Scott. Yeah, way ahead of time. You can Jarvis will survive on his reception totals. You know they haven't really fell off, and JGI right. hasn't been that. You know, the bell force. cow. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't been that force that's going to take away from that part of the game. So they're going to have to start leaning on that a little bit more and more. That as in throwing it to Jarvis Landry. So I do like him this week, especially with uh, Devontae Parker out. And I do want to mention on the Falcon side of the ball that I think besides. Sanu being out, or besides Gabriel benefiting from Sanu being out and Julio being a little dinged up, I think Tevin Coleman is well into that conversation. Agreed. I think so, too. I think he's a great DFS play this week. Playing against him in a lot of leagues this week, so I'm (laughs) really upset to hear you guys say that. Um, Bears-Ravens, Trubisky looked okay. Um, he got we got an ugly one inbound. Yeah, this one's gonna be this one's gonna be in the teens, maybe. Yeah, you know this is like ten six written all over it. I'll, I'll tell you who I'm really scared for. Uh, we haven't really talked about him, Tariq Cohen. What happened? He he was getting such a huge snap share, getting the ball, producing in an offense that was devoid of production entirely outside of Jordan Howard, and now we see him getting as many snaps as Benny Cunningham. Like, you know what is going on? He's he's like he's pretty much untrustable at this point, and has a tough matchup this week. It stinks because I really like Cohen, and I want I know I want to see him involved, but it just doesn't seem like they want him out there. And he's hard to bench because you know he can just go off. All so he needs is one carry. He's really hard to bench, but I think uh, this week where I have him, I am actually benching him versus uh, someone in this very room. Hmm. He's a small guy, Tariq Cohen. You know he's and he's you know in his first big boy NFL season. Could it be that he's breaking down a little bit right now? It doesn't look like it. He would yeah. hate you. Yeah, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't look like it. Um, I think. I think it's just like you know, John Fox, John Fox it up and thinking that Benny Cunningham, you know, is is the answer. I, I guess. Well, Benny I really Cunningham don't know. did, to be fair, have a good fantasy day on the fake punt, not because he, yeah, not because he's like a you know amazing superstar back there. But Jordan Howard getting a little bit more healthy might have something to do with the snap share there. Jordan Howard, it's a good player, but he can't catch the ball, and if they keep given him those opportunities, which they haven't been forcing that too much. Right. But he had more drops than anyone in the NFL last year who plays his same position. Right. So um, it's very – the path for Tariq Cohen to succeed was so clear, but now it is a little more cloudy. Yeah, and yeah. I think I, I'd throw Buck Allen in if I needed him to, but other than that, the Ravens, nobody Yeah, knows. and I agree that it's Buck Allen over Alex Collins. Browns-Texans, Deshaun. For sure. What more can be said about the guy? I mean, he's great. Get get everyone, another great week. Get for everyone the in your lineups that's around him too. Your yep. Will Fuller obviously has been going nuts. Hopkins has been going nuts. Uh, we we sung the praises of Griffin, uh, Lamar Miller. You know, get get all those guys out there. And for the Browns, Duke, wait for that blowout to come and get Duke Johnson out of the field and Absolutely. let him start catching passes like he does every other week. Loving what he's been doing so far this year. Um, let's go with Packers Vikings. This game was a shootout last year uh, in Green Bay. The game in Minnesota was on Monday night, and it was right when the Packers' injury bug was really hitting. And so it ended up being lower scoring in Minnesota. I don't see that happening this week because, as we mentioned, as I mentioned last week, the Packers are getting healthier and healthier now. Um, Jordy, not sure what's going on with him, but he looks to get Rhodes. But the Packers like moving him around a lot, so... 
I think this is all systems go for this game. Whoever you want to start, I'm pretty much okay with. Yeah, the thing with Jordy is he's so successful in the red zone and just like dipping behind coverage and such right. that he doesn't really need to rack up the big amount of yards. He is just like Aaron Rodgers in that they don't need the yardage to give them an amazing fantasy Right, because they, so they you, get the touchdowns. If you sit Jordy, you're likely going to regret it every single time. So, right. you know, I'm starting Jordy. I'm starting Devontae Adams for yeah. sure. Um, he's just been so good, and obviously Aaron Rodgers trusts him. Yeah, there's and, no doubt about it. And you know, even though the the Vikings have good corners, they have Waynes and they have Rhodes. Obviously, Rodgers will still take those chances because he makes every throw. You know, he doesn't really have a problem throwing against elite corners or elite defenses because he is the elite quarterback. So you can't really worry about the guys on his team. Um, I'd be a little nervous if I had Ty Montgomery. The only league I had him in, I traded him in, um, you know, basically when his status was kind of in the up in the air last week, I was able to capitalize on it. I'd be scared just for the simple fact that the Packers are a playoff team playing for the Super Bowl, I think. And, Wasting Ty Montgomery's effectiveness now does not really seem like it makes a lot of sense when you can start to build up the strength of an Aaron Jones. He was right. actually on David Johnson level usage preceding his injury. Yep. Like literally. And almost David Johnson level production. Well, yeah. yes, but they don't need that from one guy. No. And, and now that he's hurt, there's no sense in going back to the well, so to speak. Right. And they're going to, you know spread the wealth yep. a little bit more and who better to do that with than Aaron Rodgers. Just right. to clean up um just to clean up the injury news, Jordy Nelson back at full practice and Ty Montgomery has not yet returned. Okay. So just something that everybody's gonna need to monitor. Jordy looks good to go. Ty Montgomery right now does not. Moving through the slate now, let's go to the Lions and Saints offensive game. I think the Lions offense will have a much easier time getting going against the Saints than they did against the Panthers, um, probably because they're going to have to. But like I said, I think if the Lions go ball control to kind of hide Stafford's injuries, I think this could be a big Amir Abdullah week. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I like the guys. I like the, your your main players on, on the yep. Lions. Your Golden Tate. Um, I like Riddick this week, uh, Abdullah. And if you need him, I even like Marvin Jones too, although he will face some tougher corners. I do like Marvin Jones this week, I got to say. They they go to him in the red zone, and I think just because of that, you're going to have more – and well, just because of that, you're going to have more likely of a chance that he turns in a good fantasy day. And because they go to him in the red zone and because they're playing the Saints, right? he's going to have more opportunities compounded. Yeah, um, anyone who – Eyes breeze, you know, be happy. Uh, another coming out of the bye uh, mention. <laughs> yeah. He has been awesome in his career coming out of the bye. He averages like over 300 yards and, and like two and a half touchdowns per start on the Saints coming off a of bye. So he really comes out with a lot of confidence, which gives me a lot of confidence. And your Michael Thomas, even a Willie Sneed, I think. Even he's 100% now, even according though to Sean he hasn't played a game yet, I think if you want to start him, I'm cool with it. And obviously. Um, Ingram deserves a start to to see where that volume is going to go because there's so much volume in that backfield. But Alvin Kamara, whoever was able to pick him up off the wire, whoever drafted him late, good for you because this dude is about to eat, I think. Me too. 
Let's move on. Pat's Jets. We talked about caution. Are you about to eat or you think? I'm hungry. So I'm trying to get this episode over with so we can go get something to eat. Yeah. Uh, Patriots, Jets. I think, you know, we we preached caution with your expectations of Hogan and Amendola. Yeah. And it's just expectations. Right. Not exactly. You know, the floor is definitely higher than most. Yeah. Um, Cooks will be fine. You got to watch Gronk now. I haven't seen anything either way about him so far this week. Um, the running backs, I think we said Gillisley, James White. If you're in any type of PPR format, he's in your starting lineup. Must start. For the Jets, Bilal Powell's injury. We got to take a look at Elijah McGuire. Yeah. If- was, oh, you stole my weekly Jets DFS play. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> can I convince you on Elijah McGuire this week? Now? If Bilal Powell doesn't play, <laughs> yes, you can. I'm tired of I'm tired of having to apologize for hating the Jets on Tuesday shows. So I'm done. <laughs> yes, I'll do it. But um really though, I think that um Elijah McGuire is a starter if uh, Bilal Powell doesn't play, even in your season long, but especially in DFS. You know, the Patriots have just gotten burned on defense, and someone who's going to touch the ball that many times is almost, I won't won't call it guaranteed, but he's very likely to succeed. And another guy, um, you know, a guy who who we've plumb-picked two weeks in a row before this, uh, Safarian Jenkins. Too much target share, and he looks like he's getting better and better, so start him again. He looks like the makings of a top-10 tight end for the season. Yeah, especially with the way they go dropping down like flies. You know, yeah. that's, that's what I mentioned when I was predicting in the bold predictions, you know, people scoring high into the tight end category. Right. But it's very easy when half of them don't play half the season. Right. <laughs> uh, let's go with the... 49ers going to Washington should be an interesting game. I love Kirk Scott. You like prior here. Didn't even mention him. I think this is a good Chris Thompson week because of Rob Kelly's injury. Samaj P. Ryan figures to have a bigger role as well. I think we're all systems go for this game specifically for the pass catchers of San Francisco. as well. Samaj P. Ryan is a huge play right here. I mean, this team is so weak versus Rob. Love him in DFS. And Rob Kelly is a, quote, long shot to play, which translates to out. Nope. That's a quote from the head coach, too, yeah, not some beat writer. That's from Gruden. Yeah. So it's going to be P. Ryan's show. Chris Thompson is a great start as well, but we were talking about this before the episode. I don't believe that that changes much of anything for Chris Thompson. He's still going to have his role, and although it may expand a little given his early success – He's not going to start stealing Rob Kelly's carries. That goes directly to Samaj P. Ryan, who was the strongest man in the in NFL the combine yeah. for those rookies. Bench pressing 225 a bajillion times. Yeah. He's I can't he's- wait for Saquon Barkley to go to the combine this year. He's yeah, gonna go nuts. yeah, but you know, Piran's big, strong boy, and yeah. and he's tough to bring down. And the 49ers can't tackle anybody, so I I could see a lot of clock burning carries for Piran here too that really start to, you know, chip at that volume. The Bucks need a win. Thirty reps of two twenty five for Piran. The Bucks need a win, and they're gonna probably get one here against Arizona. Um, Arizona's games have been ugly. But so and so have Tampa Bay. So this game could go either way, I suppose. Although I think the talent wins out, and I think uh, Tampa Bay takes this one. That pass game is too sexy to ignore. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you know I, I like Deshaun Jackson a lot this week. Uh, the second receivers or third receivers have really done some serious damage against Arizona. Um, I also uh, like Ellington and Fitzgerald for the Cardinals. I, you know, they're just like. They're kind of like how I was talking about Landry and Ajay for the Dolphins. That's what 
those two are for the Cardinals, as in they're going to get that volume for you where, you know, Larry Fitz is, is pretty likely to score. I would say Islington is pretty unlikely to score, but both of them, especially in PPR, are going to get you a volume that, you know, you can't ignore that floor. It's a weirdly comparable offense, those two. We've made a lot of connections yeah. between them throughout this season. Yeah, no doubt. Up to it. All right. Rams-Jags. This should be an interesting one. Vastly improved offense versus a vastly improved defense. Something's got to give. I think it's a little give and take. I think you know this game does end up in the 20s, but I think Fournette is going to be the difference again for the Jags. He's unbelievable right now. Yeah, he's... Um, he's a guy that I'm really regretting not having any shares of. Same. But Same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's doing it in all facets. I don't know what we were thinking. We all loved him watching him in college, and we all love watching him in the NFL, and we'll all love I, watching yeah. him this Sunday if you've got him on your fantasy team. No question. I, I think he's worth every penny in DFS. Uh, the, this is the number one uh, worst team against the run Exactly. Right now. This is It's great to be running the ball against the Rams right now. Um, and I think that Fournette's going to have himself another day. I think the Jags' defense is very startable and even purchasable in daily fantasy. They've just been too good. You know, our perception of the Jags needs to start changing. Yeah. You know, they're a defensive run-first team, and they're not that bad at it. So if there are situations where that type of game script seems like it's going to come out, you, you have to start them with confidence. I just keep going back to when you said the quote from Doug Barone that they wanted to throw the ball zero times a game. And last week they threw the ball once <laughs> in the second half. And I was, and I'm thinking, I was like, Oh my God, they're going to friggin' do it. They're going to, they're going to win a game this year where Blake Bortles throws like 10 passes. Oh, it's yeah. coming. Yeah. It's going to be like one of those Tebow games almost. Um, Moving on now, Steelers-Chiefs. This is a really interesting one. Statistically, the Steelers have had uh, the best pass defense as a team in the league. They've benefited from a cupcake-esque matchup. Um, So then the Chiefs' pass game, which has looked as good as the run game with Kareem Hunt, comes into town. I have no idea what to do with Tyreek Hill where I have him this week. So please, can one of you help me out? Yeah, I was berating you earlier. you got to start him. I mean, coming into the end of last year, Tyreek Hill is finishing as a wide receiver one with zero receptions. He can get it done in so many ways. If you watched the game the other night, you know he took a punt back, and that's going to count for your fantasy team all the same as a a zero-yard touchdown. But you know what I mean. A touchdown is a touchdown is a touchdown. That's right. And this guy gets them in spades. So I I start him versus versus Steelers. It doesn't scare me. Yeah, I, I think I would be starting him too, Don. And, you know, like Tom said, you got to trust that speed and just, you know, I, I really do trust his overall ability for him to at least gain you a bunch of yards if you do start him. I do think Pittsburgh is going to slow KC down a little bit this week. You know, their defense hasn't been so terrible. Um, I also, as weird as this is, because I really don't like him too much, I think Martavis Bryant's going to score a touchdown this week. I said that like a couple weeks ago, and it was the one week that he actually did score. So I'm calling it again. Martavis Bryant is going to score a touchdown. I don't know what his production's going to be, but he's getting in the zone this week. But that might be one of the only touchdowns that happens in this game. I also kind of think that um, there's going to be a lot of field goals. Yeah. Back to the well with Martavis. One thing to note, Travis Kelsey's still in the league concussion protocol as of Wednesday, so you're going to have to be checking that and making alternative plans, which we know is awful because you hate to have to carry more than one tight end, especially when you've got Kelsey. That's exactly what you didn't want to do when you drafted him. Scott just jogged my memory. It really may be a field goal heavy game. Last year when they played, Chris Boswell kicked six field goals. 
Yeah, and they're both the they're both a, like a bend not break defense. Exactly. So I think that you know between the the twenties, there's going to be a lot of movement, and then once it gets down there, it's going to lock up. So get uh, Harrison, Harrison Butker. Butker out there, and and the boss is a good play too. Andy Reid just calls him butt kicker. <laughs> I love it. Typical Andy Reid too. So cool. Chargers Raiders. The Raiders really need this one, but the only problem is. So do the Chargers. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. These two teams are basically playing for the right to have their season not end this week right now. And I think it's a huge game for both teams. I think we get the best out of Carr. I think we get the best out of Rivers. I like having. I would like having some shares in this game where I can get them. It's funny how my least favorite person in this entire matchup is Amari Cooper. Right? Yeah. And I do think that he, he will bounce back this week. I don't. I don't expect him to He's light the world on fire, yeah. but exactly. Like, I mean, obviously we've been, we love Crabtree, so we're in on him. Um, you know, if you want to DFS anybody in the, in the chargers lineup, I'm okay with it. Like a Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, this, this secondary is incredibly exploitable. Um, and Melvin Gordon was how I, I he think, looked against the giants. Can, I think you can pay that top dollar for Melvin Gordon this week. Cause he'll be, he'll be a little lower than your Kareem hunt, your Le'Veon Bell, your, you know, oh, Zeke's on by this week. But, you know, the guys in that upper echelon that I think that you can spend a, a little bit less for him and get that production that's going to be better than them. Yeah. The Giants lost pretty much every noteworthy wide receiver they have. So it's a perfect time to put them in prime time. They play the Broncos Sunday night, and this is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I think we talked about this one a lot through plum picks, basically, and shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, one one guy to bring up, I think, that we didn't go too far into is C.J. Anderson. Um, he... He's He'll get a lot of work, totaling a lot of yards, a lot week. of yards, a lot of a lot of volume. You know, a lot of touches against a, a defense, a rush defense that you know is just in, got as much shambles by Melvin as, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're the Giants are in shambles right now, so the running back yeah. that's playing them is probably going to get a lot of touches. All right, the best quarterback matchup of the week comes on Monday night: Matt Castle <laughs> versus Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Colts play the Titans. I like T.Y. Hilton here. You know. Frank Gore now has a Marlon Mack problem officially gets vultured by him twice in that game. Uh, Pagano comes out and says, I think Marlon Mack's earned more touches. This is trouble for him. Um, And it's something that you're going to need to monitor in a game like this, playing against the Titans defense, which as we know has looked terrible. I think you can still throw Gore out there with confidence, but against good defenses against teams that the Colts are going to be trailing. I think you're, you're really going to have to think about sitting Frank Gore. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's just like a changing of the guard type of situation. Eventually, Frank Gore's time was was going to expire. And Marlon Mack, you know, is the guy they drafted. So he's the the heir apparent. I still think Gore is entirely too consistent for him to not hold fantasy value throughout the rest of the entire season because the Colts are just going to need him to, to get through the year, especially with Lux problems. Uh, moving over to the Titans, I actually like Rashard Matthews this week, even if Matt Castle's playing quarterback. Uh, I expect Vontae Davis to be covering outside, so Eric Decker. And in the slot, you know, the Colts the Colts defense has just not been strong, and they just got thrown all over by the 49ers and Hoyer. So if you believe in, in Hoyer, you can believe in Matt Castle, I think, and you can start Rashard Matthews and Delaney Walker because they're going to yeah. get you that target volume. And Walker had that long touchdown called back, so you know Castle's looking his way. Delaney Walker owners just got a little unlucky last week getting that touchdown call back. I and, think you can uh, roll him out with confidence this and week. And they got tight end vultured by Supernaw. 
Oh yeah, the other the other tight end on the squad. So they're looking at the position. I think Delaney Walker's due for a big one. I do agree with that, and I do kind of disagree with the Marlon Mack stuff. Um, I still think Frank Gore's going to hold strong. I think that was, and we said it on Tuesday. I think that was a lot of matchup benefiting for Marlon Mack, and I just don't think it's going to be that easy all the time. So he's not going to average ten yards per carry every week, of course. <laughs> and I think uh, over the long haul, for maybe. The rest of this season, Frank Gore is going to hold a little stronger than people are going to give him credit for, which is his MO. The last thing that I want to mention was tweeted while we were recording. Uh, Ty Montgomery, mm-hmm. full participant. Oh, wow. I messed that up then. I was looking at I must have looked at um, Well, it was while we were essentially breaking news. Oh, okay, perfect. Nice so uh, Good job. it won't be breaking when you hear this Thursday morning, but <laughs> it's breaking to us right now as we record. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up. You can hit us up on Twitter with your start, sits, trade grades, whatever you want, at RutzFF. Tom is at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. And I am at Why So Serious. And oh, wait, you know what? We have one more breaking news story. Kevin and Chris Hogan are not brothers. <laughs> we'll see you guys Tuesday for the week six recap. And until then, keep scoring. Hey!